years ago full full of casual racism and whatnot um and uh homophobia uh, but here we are and we're grateful that that brad stark did that for us and his voice just makes me very happy every time i hear it welcome to the nooner podcast and the smodco internet radio network i'm here refreshed i'm i, I had like maybe four hours of sleep last night which is like oh yeah twice as much as normally um oh is it oh that's right because it's it's tuesday you have a thing on monday nights yeah yeah so um but i'm happy to be here if you want to join us while you're streaming that's oh i guess i didn't get that much sleep nooner podcast uh on twitter nooner podcast at gmail.com do you, do you have an opinion about... Oh, I'm here with... Uh, my name is Marty. I'm a merp. I'm here with uh, John Sylvain. Hi. Hey, John. Do you, Hi. Do you have an opinion about um, Twitter? No. Well, no. No, not not a strong one. Uh, uh, no, not really. I'm sorry. I really don't have a strong opinion about Twitter. Like, do you... Like, I really don't either because I don't feel like uh, that Twitter has ever made money from me. Oh, well, see, here's the thing about Twitter. I I, I don't care if they make money or not. They're they're a private company, and they have become, um, uh, by dint of offering a a service, they become kind of a, a, like, what do you call it, like a town square or something. But they're not they're not really limited by our laws of free speech. Well, also they're not that much of a a, a present Times Square. Like they only hit uh, like eleven million people or whatever. You know, it might only yeah. eleven million people. Something like that. You know, I think it's, it's got to be more. I mean, if it's if it's only eleven million people, why on earth does anybody care? It's got to be more than that. I, uh, yeah. Um, well, let, let's, I mean, let's let's see if there's any way we could find out. Well, Let's okay, see. I'm clearly way off, but um, okay. As of December uh, 2022, Twitter's audience accounted for over 368 million active monthly men, monthly active users. Oh, but, so you're pretty close. Uh, but no, I mean, it. I I think it's much less now. Um, I I don't know. I don't. There are a lot of uh, there are a lot of companies that uh, rely on it to get their uh, marketing out and stuff like that. I think, you know, I think that's why it's really important to some people. And I think it's really important for for journalists. And and uh, I think but I've never really gotten into social media to a point where I really care about it or get upset about it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, I think Elon Musk is, seems like an, a, a crazy person. Okay, in 2023, they have 192 active daily users. This is worldwide. Worldwide. 182 100, day active daily? 
Active daily users. Uh, I, I don't consider myself an active daily user. I use it once a week just to tell people, just to ask people if they hear music. Um, yeah. I don't consider myself an active person. Yeah. So 450 million people use it every a month. Um, 20, uh, uh, you know what? It is 21%. I think that was it. I, I think it, it's like 11% of the the population of the U.S. is on Twitter. Something like that. But anyhow, 21% per, of U.S. adults are on Twitter. Uh, but I think it's much less as a daily uh, daily users. But uh, yeah, I don't like I don't feel strongly enough to feel like I'm going to take a stand. You know, it's like if people are on it, they can hear us. Um, yeah. If, if better, are you trying to figure out where you came up with the the number eleven? It, you, it was eleven percent. I think it was eleven percent. Did that mean that you just came up with a number eleven out of completely nothing? No, I didn't. Uh, but I I had heard on. A, on the, it's called the nonsense pull out of your ass uh, podcast. They, they said eleven percent every morning when you wake up. Yeah, eleven percent of your household is on Twitter um, once every third Thursday. My right arm. And you know what? They were right. So fuck you, John. You're wrong. Uh, no, but but like they, that's, they the, thing. The, that's Twitter, the good thing is that like you you hear these these uh statistics people throw them out all the time on these podcasts and then like well you can look them up um but you know that's a lot of work yes you just make them up it's much easier i didn't make them up i'm 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 parroting them and that's the that's the thing is like we we parrot a lot of things that that we hear uh and so you you me we all do I don't parrot anything. I everything you, you, everything that comes out of my mouth is completely original. I just make it up on the spot. Oh, okay. There we go. All right. So they're made up on the spot, or they're parroted, or they're misremembered. Of you're parroting something that that I misremembered. I'm parroting something that I misremembered. Or you're misremembering something that a parrot made up. I don't listen to parrots. They're they're assholes. Um, no, you really should. I know some really smart fucking parrots. That's just because they repeat what you just said to them. Well, that's one of their many positive characteristics. How and dare you? They're very colorful characters, John. Too. Oh, John, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, Marty. I'm just trying to go with the flow. And I said something kind of funny, and you just rolled your eyes. You just... Any kind, I mean, colorful characters. I mean, come on. That would kill for an 11-year-old birthday party. Come on now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I have some pirate jokes. No? Okay. I actually don't have any pirate jokes. Uh, no, you do. I know you have like 17. Like, Renfair just started this past weekend, John. You have what? pirate. Renfair just started this past weekend. It did? It did. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got to go. <laughs> And after that, John was gone for the next three weeks. Uh, yeah, the Ren Fair was delayed. There's a, a great Ren Fair in here in L.A. That great is a very strong word. I love it. I love going there. I was the last time you went. Last year. All right, you're such a dork. I've given. I've been there probably like seven times in the past ten years. And you don't have any kids. I don't have any kids, but I, I try to, I'm like, Hey, can I borrow your kids? Um, I give them 50 bucks and be like, okay, stay here by, by the candy station. I'll pick you up in like three hours. Okay. And then I'm off to the races. Um, and then the weird thing is there's no candy station at the Ren Fair. Are you kidding? There's so much junk food there. You're, 
There's junk food, but there's no candy station. So I, I'm sorry. Them. I'm sorry. The the honey confectionery station. There you go. Yeah. yeah. You I, go. I, Grammar, I got it wrong. I got Gramercy, it wrong. Lord, um, lady. But you, you don't like it? You don't think it? What, what is your opinion about Renfair? And by the way, if you're a Renfair oh, person, please, please let us know. Let us know what you like about it. Let us know your favorite Renfairs. If you've been to the L.A. Renfair, let us know what you think of it. It's actually not in L.A. It's, it's at Irwindale at the Santa Fe um, Reservoir. But um, what is your opinion about it? Um, okay, so Renfair, I love. I love, I love Renfair. The, the as problem a concept. That I have, as a, well, the, the actual existent, the, the actual Renfair has lots of people in it. It's the dustiest and driest thing I've ever been you got, involved you, you with. You got to go to the life. first or second weekend and then never go again, you know? Well, that's, yeah. Never go again is kind of, my son loved it. So we went a lot and I think I've gotten my fill. I'm disturbed by the costuming because the some of the women, their breasts look like they're on a shelf in a very disturbing way mm, i would say it's more like a um I, I don't know like a tiny cubby that is hold, like trying to hold back I, I, imagine uh, katrina you know like the these the hurricane the, the levees trying to 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 stem the the flow oh. yeah but what you're you're missing is is the furniture like aspect of it oh yeah, yeah. it's it looks like a bookcase that has been specifically designed to present like uh, some breasts in a rectangular way with like uh, it's. Uh, yeah. I imagine putting a waterbed inside a, um, uh, an ice cream, two ice cream scoops, you know. Um, and no, but and then and then you and then you lay it on a uh, like a. Never mind. I think waterbed and yeah, ice cream scoops, like you know, because it it spills out over. Is my point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the underside is flat. That's the weird thing. There's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of metal and uh, there's a lot of metal work in there. Yeah, it's it's not a. I, I I celebrate it. I'm just like, I love that you are expressing yourself. I don't find it, a, you know, um. It, it's not my thing, but that's okay. Like it, it doesn't. Oh, yeah. No, there's nothing arousing or erotic about it at all. Yeah, it's anatomically strange. It's a wonderful place because there are all kinds. When I say all kinds, I mean all, and I mean kinds of people there. There's, there's just some of the, and then there's housewives and regular old whatevers. And I once once heard somebody going by and going pirates and knights, um, and um. And dragons, is that historically accurate? Right. And then you get groups like all dressed up in like um, Star Trek gear from who knows where, you know, from yeah. different eras of Star Trek. And yeah. they're all like going together en masse. Then you get the steampunk crowd. Then you just get, get a bunch of people in like shorts and like people like me, just like shorts and T-shirts, just like wandering around you know yeah and, it's strange yeah but i i just think it's it's fun i yeah i i just like how it's i i, I don't know there's not a lot of there's judgment for sure but there's not 
a lot of ostracism, I guess. Oh no, and it's it's a very welcoming place. And there's uh, given the fact that um, pretty much eighty percent of the people who are there start start drinking at nine thirty in the morning and drink all day long. Wow. They're remarkably hardly there's no fights. I've never seen a fight. Yeah, and everybody's having a really good time, and there's all kinds of weird things you can buy. I mean, there's a lot of things that I, I, you know, it's a place where you want to uh, go if you have, oh, you know, you have an extra eight hundred uh, dollars, you just want to oh, blow. By the way, want to throw away the day. cash only. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if you're thinking, oh, I think I'm, I'm looking for something slightly nutritious to eat, you might as well just leave and drive away. And by by God, it's a, it is the dustiest thing ever. Uh, well, th this year they had to delay it by a week because we've had so much rain in L.A., like, you know, basically 200 percent more than we normally get. And uh, they had flooding there, so they had to delay the first weekend. So um, I think if you 200 percent more than we you normally get, it's just twice as much. I think it's more like 2000 percent. OK, uh, you know what? I pulled, that up. I pulled that, that, I pulled up. that out, of my, uh, out of my ass, you know. It's 1,100%. I think that's why okay, you were well, thinking about you know, that. That is accurate. That is 100% accurate. I'm sorry, 1,100% accurate. Yeah. So uh, to, to just um, piggyback on what we talked about last week, um, shootings have continued uh, this past, just in the past week. Uh, these are the notable ones. There um, was a, in Alabama, there was a, a, uh, a mass shooting where at a birthday party where four people were killed, 30-something people were injured. Um, in uh, Kentucky, oh, Kansas City, um, there was a 16-year-old who was trying to get, um, retrieve his, his siblings, younger siblings, from uh, a play date, and he had the address wrong, and the 84-year-old um, uh, resident, like uh, open fired on him, shot him. Uh, there was in New York, there was a, a, a two cars. They were trying to find a, a rural house and they, they pulled down the wrong lane. And uh, this, the, this guy open fired on, on them. And uh, one of the women um, was killed. So it's a crazy time. And, and we also talked about civil wars. So Sudan, Myanmar, uh, the Middle East, uh, Yemen, um, those are still going on. Uh, thousands being killed every week. Uh, it's a really terrible time. Just a reminder that when we think about how awful it is that Disney is defying Governor DeSantis and that there are trans people who are, want to compete in sports, there's all this other stuff going on. Um, I mean, yes, there, we can hold two thoughts at the same time, but I'm just saying, where, just, what do you, where are you going to place your rage, John? Where, where do you place your rage these days? Where, where do I place my, my rage? Besides at me. Uh, if you could that... see, if you could see the coals that are burning from no. his eyes into my soul, Oh, people, you have no idea what I go This through. is, don't you think, I mean, think about this question that you're asking me. In the context of all the things you just said, like, what, what, where do you place your rage? You know, it's so funny because, like, I, I, 
well, I, I was going to talk about this later, but like I am somebody who has pretty severe ADD and, and I just like look for the things that tr attract my attention and give me like a little dopamine rush. So if it's like yeah. looking on Reddit or if it's like doing my job, you know, uh -huh. to, to me, those two or, or uh, playing Wordle, those things are all the equivalent. Uh, um, a blowjob? No, no. Um, those are all the equivalent um, sort of like ha have the equivalent importance. So like, uh -huh. um, like I'm just like, oh, it's occupying my time. It, it's yeah. filling a void. And so that to me is like the most important thing to do. And then I really have to saying, make an effort. Saying, I'm sorry. Are you saying that's what you do when you're feeling hopeless? No, no, something? I'm just saying that's how my day-to-day -day goes, you know. Okay. And, and so it's, it's really just filling a void to keep myself stimulated. And, mm -hmm. and the, the sad thing is that there's so much tragedy in the world. I'm like, well, that's not interesting to my brain. You know, it's interesting to me intellectually as an abstract concept, but to my brain who's just like craving like stimulation, that is not stimulating because it happens all the fucking time. Yeah. And so my my I it, it doesn't hold interest to me that another school shooting happened, another there's another civil war happening, you know. So that that is a, a really difficult thing and and that is a, a an extreme example I think what happens in the news in general is that people want novelty, people want things to get excited about and um, and that is not what a civil war 6,000 miles away does for, for us, you know. Really? Uh, it does. I Look at you. It's actually, where did you find out about these things? I'm, I'm going to take issue with what you just said. Did you find out about those things on the news? Uh, I, I, I'm talking about the things that, that generate, they're, they're things that I recognize that are important. And then there's the things that, like, I spent like two hours today looking at um, looking at stereo parts, you know. Uh -huh. to, and I'm, I've never made a uh, like a, a speaker before, but I spent two hours looking at speakers. Did not spend. I spent five minutes looking at headlines, you know. So uh -huh. th that is my point: is that like I'm the brain looks for novelty, and my brain, especially, you know more than most people's brains, most neurotypical brains, um, really looks for just, it is not as uh, discerning in terms of quality and in terms of like impact on, on the world or on life or whatever. I'm just looking for something that's, that is stimulating to, to my right. brain. Right, right, right. I, well, I don't know why we would deny that I feel that way. I, I didn't say that. I didn't deny that you felt that way. What do you mean I denied that you felt that way? Did you hear me say I denied that you felt that way? But you're like, really? You, but you just mentioned it. But I'm, no, no, my, I, my, I didn't say my, that you felt that way. I said that you just said that, that, that the news isn't interested in it. That's what you said. And I said, really? No, I didn't, I didn't say the, the news. news. I said that people aren't interested in it because if you oh, look no, at... Oh, you actually said the news. Let's okay. go back and... Okay, fine. <laughs> Fine, fine, John. 
we don't have to get, we don't have to be pedantic about it, but let's look at, okay. But I mean, think about like, you know, what, what makes the headlines just, just pull up, you know, you pull up your newsfeed and well, my newsfeed is very tailored towards my weird predilections. So it's all about like leather and wait, what? Uh, oh shit. No. Um, but no, like people are not talking on the streets or, or on on CNN, on Fox News, on MSNBC. And you know for sure because you, you listen to these things. Are they talking about civil wars? I, sh- I want to know what you, what you hear. Well, uh, uh, they, they're, they're talking about civil wars on the news that I pay attention to, not on the cable news. Okay, so... But- but see, that's my point. It's like the news, like, and you, cable news has a huge outreach, has a huge audience. Right. So that, I guess when I said the news, that would be what I'm referring to because they're looking for, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, clickbait. You mean on, on like the, the big news networks, they're looking for clickbait. Well, I, I said for lack of better term. I mean, you you know what? I'm oh, I and I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. So yeah, I I think that if you're getting your news from CNN, Fox News, and then MSNBC, what you're mostly going to get from those things, based on what I see, is they they honestly they mostly Fox News mostly talks about. I can't believe they're talking about the, something something on MSNBC. MSNBC says mostly. I can't believe they're talking about. They're making a big deal of this on Fox. They're, they're covering each other, and they're not covering anything of any importance. On my news feed, I have a curated news feed. So on my, my, the top headline oh, today look was... Oh, you. It's curated. Oh, no, no, mine's, Marty, uh, mine's algorithmic. Spent, spent two hours looking for, uh, for parts of, uh, on, um, online for his stereo. That's always the top item because my, my news feed is so very specifically curated that it basically By is whom? really a, it's a list I can't tell you because and then I have to kill you. It's it's just some drones and and some spies that no. I have living around your house. No, but I mean, my you know your new dog, your new dog is actually a, a robot. My point is that like there's always editorialism at the end of our keyboard. There's some someone there's some mechanism making decisions for what we see, and uh-huh. and and so we both have that is um so yeah yeah so like I, I, we we all get it filtered in some way so uh it's uh-huh. it's hard to find something john you sound so condescending it's like it's weird no i don't i'm just I'm agreeing with i'm trying to agree with you it's so funny you just like want to take issue with everything i do oh, no but go, go trying ahead. to agree listen to you go ahead keep I, talking no go go ahead john go ahead i don't have anything to say well so you you don't feel like like you're at the what you see is governed by an algorithm, right? Uh no, I think actually what I know about is governed by actually editorial staffs at the uh places that I uh I don't actually have a news feed. I don't get my news that way. Okay. I get it through uh radio. I get it through podcasts. I listen to Al Jazeera and I listen to BBC and I listen to NPR when I'm trying to get news and listen to it for a total of a half an hour. And then I spend my day trying to live my life, the best life I can live. And I don't spend my time worrying about 
tragedies that are going on around the world. Just to answer your question, not to, not to, you know, and and because I terrible things have been happening to people since people were first on the planet all the fucking time, and so what? and you know what, you know what's going to happen eventually to me. Guaranteed, I'm going to fucking die, and you know what. You know, when I die, it's probably not going to be when I want to. It's not going to probably, unless I'm very lucky, it's probably not going to be in a bed without any pain surrounded by my loved ones. It'll probably be in some other way. That's, you know, that's eventually going to happen. So I'm spending my time, as much of my time as possible, being as happy and serene and in service to the people around me as I possibly can. I also work for the International Medical Corps, so I do work to help people get news about the people who are suffering in Sudan and South Sudan and Ethiopia and um, and um, uh, Tigray and Yemen. For, Yemen is a gigantic. It's been a horrible uh, problem for uh, uh, 15 years. Uh, Turkey and Syria, because of the Syrian civil war and the refugees there, they they and the, the, the Turkish earthquakes leveled refugee camps that were basically just tents. And there are tens of that. There's people suffering everywhere, all the fucking time. So that kind of like it, it sort of uh, it, it makes. I understand that. So you have catered your news feed in a very specific way. So we all do that, is my point. And, and so we get to choose what we, what we want to see and not see. And so you have done that for yourself, and other people have done that too in, in their own ways. So you have chosen to not look at certain feeds, and you've picked certain other ones, and then you've limited your time, which is great. And that, that's, that's totally valid. And you get what you think is... is um, a sufficient view of of the world is that right i get a sufficient view of the world for, for, get, for your get a, for your needs to make me dangerous here's my thing in my i think that it's what's happening even now at the uh, city council meeting or the um uh, the school board meeting um in los angeles is more important to me personally than um what is happening to some poor woman who went to the wrong driveway in Alabama. Right. Okay. And let me, let me make my point, right. Is I cannot find any news source that'll tell me what's happening in the local world. That's important to me. Yes. And that, that is a, a shame that that is a, a problem of the news um, because local news has died out. Um, local news, like that was one of the things that they were talking about with uh, George Santos, like had local news been um, better funded, like the, this reporting would have gone out much wider, much sooner that this guy was a fraud. Uh, for example, it's, it's a very small example. Oh, and all, yeah. Yeah. And so, but also the, the DNC knew about it and they didn't do anything about it. Okay. They, they could have publicized it too, but nobody, nobody, thought about it. they were like oh, there's other things to do the fact that this guy has lied about almost everything that has right. come out of his mouth since he was born we're just going to leave that alone yeah so um but the point is like there are gatekeepers and um you know as much as the the internet is is wide open for a lot of people it's hard to find um very good focused small market news um but 
I guess um, my my point is like you there are still that d- like as much as you want to focus on the local things, you also want to be aware of what's going out in the world. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of people who get obsessed about things that not that they can't um, like there are a lot of th- most things in the news we can't actually control. We can't actually affect um, but they can they can make us passionate. They can make us opinionated. I, I think the things that a lot of people get opinionated about and get passionate about are, are not super um, worthwhile. And that that is a very subjective thing. So, you know, you have you focus on the things that that for whatever reason you're interested in local school politics. That's fine. You, your child is no longer in that world. Um, you're not in that world, but if that's something that interests you, that that's great. Um, but then there, then there are groups that get really excited about guns, you know, for example, and, uh, on the right, for example, um, there, there was a big NRI convention. Um, I don't think that that is super important, but then there are people on the left who get excited about things like whatever, defunding the police or whatever the, the hot a hot button uh, um, topic is. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess it's just, I, I feel like there's some judgment in the way that you, you say this of like, I Me? do it. Yeah, yeah. Because you're like, I do it this way. And and um, like, do you feel like that what you do is is better than somebody who watches Fox News for six hours a day? Or, of course. Or, or MSNBC six hours a day? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Of course, I think that what I'm doing is the way to do things. That's why I do it that way. But that, that works for you. Like, I would never yeah. recommend the way I do things uh, to anybody else because I'm a weirdo, you know? Okay. But you think the way you do it, everybody, if everybody did it the way you do it, the world would be a better place. Nope. Okay. Nope. Well, that, well, I'm I'm just trying to figure nope. out what you're saying. You know, I'm just answering your question, Marty. You just said, "Do you think that the way you do things is the best way?" And I said, "Yes, it's the best way for me." Right. And that's and why I, I do it. Then I obviously, then and I, I do not say that everybody okay. should do it well, my that, way. But, but that's why which I asked, is what you just said. I said no. I didn't. I asked you a follow up. Well, actually, you did. No, I asked you a follow up question. I said, "Do you think that if everybody did it that way, it would be the world would be a better, better place?" I didn't say that you said that. I was asking oh, okay. you a question. Then I guess I guess yes. The answer is yes. I think that if everybody thought like me and did things my way, then I think the world would be a better place. Okay. I mean, I yeah, I I, I wasn't trying to be aggressive, John. Jesus, like I, I was. Am I being aggressive back to you? Because you think I'm. I think you're being aggressive. I, I didn't say that. I was. I, okay. Then why did you just use the word aggressive? Um. All right, this is like taking a weird turn, John. I, I, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Maybe uh maybe I should stop coming. No, no, John. I I, I don't think that like I, I think we can we have a lot of things to talk about. I I just think that like like I'm I'm trying to look at these things from um a sort of uh populist standpoint and like I look at the world in a in my own unique way. You look at it in your unique way, and yeah. and I try, 
I, I like to challenge people, and I like to challenge myself, and I like to be challenged. Um, but in, in a way that, that is, like, uh, fun. Um, but, but, like, you know, you have a lot of knowledge about things like the civil wars, wars in the world, and that's kind of what I was trying to ask you about. Um, okay. Well, I, I'll tell you, I think that um, most of the news is uh, is created in order to make money for advertising. And I think that most people get are caught up in things that they have absolutely no business thinking about. I think that 95% of the news that most people consume is complete, total horseshit. Um, and I think that um, we can't have a reasoned debate in this country because um, people aren't going from the same number of facts. I think that on the right and left, um, everybody is talking about complete and total horseshit. I think MSNBC is about 90 percent bullshit and Fox News is 170 is 1100 percent bullshit. And I think that um, I, I think that most people spend way too much time looking at national news. We, we, people you were better informed when they listened to national news for a half hour a day, a night at at uh, at, at uh, six thirty with uh, Walter Cronkite and and Brinkley. The people who are on the the news twenty four seven, they're all just expressing their opinion. Fucking Tar Tucker Carlson is the, the person who most people is, is the most popular news figure. And he is spending most of his time talking about racist bullshit. And he is popularizing tiny little things that happen in Canada and making a, an hour out of them about how outrageous it is that somebody has large boobs and they're a teacher in, in Canada and crap like that. And like, it's just, it's, I think the information environment is horseshit. It's pure, terrible horseshit, and people should stop doing it, and they should start gazing at their navels and enjoying life. And that's my very strongly held opinion, if you want it. And I'm sorry it's not fun. Uh, no, I, I mean, I think I, I totally, 100% agree with you. Like, uh, it, it's a very weird world that we live in um, that, so much of our economy is is attention based, right? Yeah. So you know, we we've both worked at companies that that do that. Like, you know, when you were working at Sony, when I was working at Google, like part of their job is to make sure that people stay on the product as long as possible. Yeah. And to do that, the best easiest way to do that is to make people afraid. That's the that's the that's the the limbic system that that activates people and they get afraid and outraged, and so we we turn to if you if you let yourself pay attention to all this stuff and listen to people talking about what's happening and talking about what they're talking about what's happening, you get outraged and you get pissed off and you basically get into a fight or flight sort of situation the entire time and you end up shooting somebody who drive comes up your driveway and knocks on your door. Yeah. Although you might have done that back in 1950 as well. Uh, well, they probably would have gotten away with it if the the race disparity was the right equation, you know. Um, sure. Yeah. So, all right. So uh, today, Fox News and the Dominion Voting System Company, they, they came to a settlement, you know, mm -hmm. Dominion Voting, which yep. I think at their last uh, funding round was like, 
they were valued at like in the tens of millions, you know, under a hundred million dollars or something like that. Yeah. They, they were suing Fox news for $1.6 billion and they settled for how much? Like 760, 711 million, $711 million. Was it, yeah, it was, was it billion or a million? It was almost like 760 something billion dollars, a million dollars. I'm sorry. Um, and, uh, how do you feel about that? Do you feel that is that justice that they settled out of court without having a big public to do? Well, yes and no. I mean, it would have been great to, if if it, the the trial continued, but the case that they had, the the actual uh, do you want to just outline it just really quickly, just for well, uh, well, so so um, the uh, I think what the they were suing uh, over basically libel and what they had to prove was that Fox News was on purpose, purposefully lying about them when they knew about things that weren't true. Because about the voting. About, the, yeah, the, the, their voting machines being being corrupt. Because the thing is, if, if, they, if they really thought the voting machines were corrupt or they had reporting that the voting machines were corrupt or even they talked to somebody who thought that the voting machines were corrupt, and they were wrong, that's protected. You can't like hold, in the United States, news organizations aren't held responsible for reporting things that are wrong. So what had to be proven was that Fox News had a pattern of continuing to tell lies and that they had intent to actually destroy this particular company. And so they, it's pretty clear from, from all the information we had, you know, about the, the tweets and the people that they knew that their the guests like uh, what's his name, America's mayor and uh, Cindy, uh, whatever the, the the lawyers that came on. What were their names? Sydney Powell, Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, they they pretty much knew that those guys were full of shit, and uh, but they let them on the air anyway and didn't challenge them. And they also knew that the whole election thing was was crap, but they kept on talking about it as if it wasn't. Um. But they, they, uh, and they just used Dominion as a punching bag. But what they would have to do to what Dominion would have to do to prove that is that um, say that Dominion was actually a target of Fox News, which I think would have been um, kind of hard to prove. So, um, if they had gone ahead with the trial, then we, uh, the liberals, would have had the wonderful experience of having. All of this, the horseshit that goes on at Fox would have exposed, and in the end, Dominion would probably have lost. They would have, you think? Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, because because the level at which they they had to prove um, malfeasance on Fox's part was pretty high, but it would have been so fucking embarrassing for Fox to do to have this trial that uh, Fox was willing to not have the trial. And there was a risk that they would lose, and then it would have cost them like $2 billion. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, this is clearly a win for Dominion, no matter what. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, and, and they, but they deserve it. I mean, they, what happened on Fox, what, I mean, Giuliani and, um, and uh, Powell and, and all the other fucking crazy assholes, the MyPillow guy, they destroyed that company. Yeah, they destroyed a perfectly good company by lying about it. Uh, interestingly, I went to FoxNews.com. Here are the the top four headlines in, in order. Um, 
Elon Musk reveals to Tucker Carlson whether he's seen evidence of alien life. That's that's the headline. That's the number one headline. That's not a that's not, notice that there's that's completely information free. Whether or not he doesn't even say if he did. Yeah. Does it? You say it, it, whether it or not. not he has. Yeah, because I, I I'm not going to click. I'm not going to click. I refuse <laughs> to click. How can you? Not no, no. You have to listen to the next two. John, John, okay. listen right. to the next two. What, okay. what Joe Biden, First Lady Jill Biden are reporting as their federal adjusted gross income. Good, good Lord. Really? That's news? Yeah. And by the way, I looked at, I, I saw a previous headline. You clicked, it's on, like, that one. You clicked on that one. Uh, no, not this one, but uh, it was like $560,000. Great, great. Nice work if you can get wow, it. That that's news. Woo, yeah. The president spent half a yeah. million dollars. How dare Woo. he? How dare he? Uh, uh, the next one is uh, University of Pittsburgh's LGBTQ task force makes major demands. You're kidding me. Last one. This is the. These are the top four headlines. This is oh, this God. is above the fold, uh, as as it were. Right. Uh, that's how they they referred to it. Uh, I know you haven't gotten to the fourth one yet, but can I, I just tell you, I've already forgotten the third one that you just said. Yeah. I forgot every bit of detail about it. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to re-listen. I think it happened in Pittsburgh. Um, damn it. You did remember. Oh, I, I remembered steel, something. Steel Trap. Uh, youth wrestler sucker punches opponent after losing match. Police <laughs> launch probe. Probe? Really? Yeah. And That's really awful. Did they even say where that happened? Nope. 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 Jesus, that's the stupidest thing ever. Some kid punched another kid? Yeah. It's never happened before. It's never <laughs> happened before. This is national news. They A kid punched a kid somewhere. <laughs> oh, my God. This is this is insane. And and these are above the shootings, by the way. These are above the shootings. Um, oh my god! Yeah. Really? Yeah. This is fucking nuts. These people should be taken out and and executed. That's my here's my headline. That should be that'll be the headline. Nooner podcast post says that Fox News is full of shit. Yeah, and you know, I I know that there's just there there is not just as much, but there's there's opposite bias on the MSNBC site. But it's not nearly as funny because they're just focusing on tragedies. And that last that last one is like an onion headline. Oh my god! It's it insane. Somebody, yeah, at a, a wrestling tournament. Yeah, and yeah. that's fucking national top so of national news. They were fighting with rules, and then this one kid decided to fight outside of the no. rules. He punched him during the wrestling bout. Yeah, and they're calling it a sucker punch. You know, it's wrestling, not boxing, yo. Oh, God almighty, Marty. I know, I know. That is really, that is and so... John, I know that, you know, we, we, like, when we talk about politics and stuff, like, it gets tense, you know, because we are so diametrically opposed on the, on, on issues, you and me, John. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I'm anti-slavery. Marty, you ignorant slut. <laughs> Uh, good night and have a pleasant tomorrow. Um, that's that's the best I could do. Uh, so, Diane Feinstein is the senior senator from California. She's ninety thousand years old. 
Uh, I'm sorry, 92? 90,000, 92. I can't. She's 90-11. She's 90-11. She's been hospitalized or out of, she's missed 60-something Senate votes because she has um, uh, shingles, which I've had. And that sucks. You have? Oh, I'm so sorry. That sucks. sucks. It sucks so bad. And you know what also sucks? The shingles, um, the shingles uh, vaccination, that sucks ass as well. Does it uh, suck as much as the shingles? Uh, no, no. Um, that, that's pain that goes away. Uh, but uh, I still have scars from shingles. And oh, God. It ain't Sorry. great. Um, so wait, wait. Before we go into Diane Feinstein. So the shingles is the really the adult onset version of chickenpox, right? It's the same virus. It's the herpes zoster virus. And, oh, herpes. But it, mm. just, it just attaches itself in a different way. It, it attacks parts of your nerves so some people get it across their chest um, and their back. I happen to get it on my face. Uh, and oh, God. Yeah. yeah. You had so, a whole bunch of herpes on your face? Is that what you think? It was insane. And so I, basically, like, you can, you can still see some scarring on my forehead. Oh, and, my God. And, like, there's some denseness of flesh here. Um, so it was just, I look like a Klingon, basically. Or a Ferengi? I, I don't know. Uh, they both exactly alike. Yeah. Well, don't do they? They look similar, right? They they have like tougher. They have head prosthetics, and the, it looks the Klingons. The Klingons um, look tougher, and the Ferengi look like Jews. Okay, I I then I look like a Ferengi. No, I yeah. don't know. I don't. I don't even know what that means. And I, and I don't. Like I'm not Jew. saying that like because I'm an anti-Semite. It's because Ferengi are anti-Semitic characters. Ah, okay. Well, then. Um, I, all they care about is money, and they've got great big ears, and they all talk like this. Oh, you you mean they're the 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 Gringotts um, trolls or whatever? Yeah, you know. they're the goblin. They're the goblins, the goblins, the goblins of, of uh, space nine. So, um, and, and it was crazy because it was just like this band across, right from my forehead down to my nose of just like this growth of that was just pumping out of my head. And it was also coming out of my nose. And every day there would just be like, like a this long. I, I don't want to gross people out of just like hardened pus that would just shoot out my my nose every day. It was unbelievable. You didn't want to gross people out. Well, you failed. Uh, did I? I yeah, you go yeah. I have to leave now and vomit. I have to go vomit. Congratulations. I think okay. So so that's what Diane Feinstein has, and and everybody's being yeah, mean to her because yeah, of and that. Diane Feinstein, by the way, an amazing civil servant for for decades and decades. She was a, a decades great and decades, and decades and decades, decades and decades, decades and like centuries, decades. centuries. She she succeeded uh, Mayor Moscone in San Francisco, who was assassinated by Dan White. Um, and, he was yeah yeah. And and she was a great mayor of New York uh, of San Francisco, and she was a, a very good senator and uh, a, a great voice for California. And but mm -hmm. in the past few years, she she's like I mean she's in her nineties. Like people, that does not feel like representative government. Even though I have a terrible memory and I drool sometimes and whatever, but like I don't feel like she represents my interests. Um. Right, John? That was a joke. Uh, yeah, was I just a got a, a text that uh, startled me. Oh, everything okay? I, was, I have ADHD. 
I'm old and I, I get easily distracted. Do, do you have? Are we voting? Are we voting? Do you have ADHD, John? Uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> yeah, I have. It's yes, undiagnosed uh, ADHD. Yes. Okay. Uh, I have diagnosed it. Um, so I'm better than you. you. Have I have. What's that? You have some Adderall you'd like to sell me? I can. I'll just give it to you. Oh, goody. Yep. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Yep. I hear it's great. All right. Um, Enough about uh, drug deals. Yeah. But uh, so there have been some accusations and like against uh, uh, Joe Biden about ageism. I, I mean, I don't feel like I want like in a perfect world, I do not want a president who's going to be 86 on his way out from his second term. Um, it just, it, it feels really, really old just based on all the octogenarians in my life. They have terrible memories. They have terrible judgment. I don't know if I want them um, running the country. That said, this particular octogenarian is surrounded by a bunch of um, very capable people He's relatively smart and I mean and and alert for an octogenarian. Um, so, given the al the alternatives, I'm okay with it. Diane Feinstein, she's in a, a blue state. She's going to be replaced by somebody incredibly capable. Adam Schiff, uh, Katie Porter, um, both both would be excellent senators. But do you, how, what do you feel about her? Well, the, uh, let me step back and say that the whole debate about almost everything in this country that has to do with politics is kind of murkied and muddied up by what we talked about earlier, which is every every sort of outlet has gone crazy. Like it, one of the things they talk, you know, I, like you said, I, I have this, I watch Fox News at my job, and they talk about how old and out of touch Joe Biden is for about 60% of the time. And they, anytime he, you know, um, shuffles his feet or, or, you know, mumbles or stutters, and he's a stammerer, um, they make a gigantic deal out of it and say he's old. As a child, like from childhood, he's been a yeah. stutterer. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, so for to answer the question, just let me say this about Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden, for me, if if it wasn't, if it was just like if I was going to pick the leader of the country. I wouldn't pick, I would say he's a great senator, but he's not a great leader because I, when he talks and the way he presents himself does not inspire me. But I think he's a, a perfectly good politician and, um, and, uh, and he's the best option that we have. Diane Feinstein, Feinstein. Um, Feinstein seems to be, um, uh, seems by all accounts to be kind of befuddled. Um, and uh, does not seem to be um, able to do her job effectively. Um, but again, you know, this is all news that's coming through all kinds of weird filters and shit like that. On one side, you know, Fox, of course, hates her because she's a Democrat. And on the other side, MSNBC and a lot of uh, sort of uh, left-leaning things uh, don't like her because she's a, a centrist. And she's, you know, she's a, a the dying breed. She's a, a, a sort of middle of the road person. But also she's ineffective because she's not on the committees that she can vote on. You know, yeah, she's not been I think, there. 
I think that she would have been replaced long ago if the, the California delegation, my understanding is that the California delegation is is like filled with like nine possible candidates who want to be senator. And so they're all that's like fine. That's camped outside of the that, Gavin Newsom's door. That's democracy, right? Like that that's what we well, want. Well, actually one person picking picking one of those nine people is not There you <laughs> go. There you go. But um but at the same on the other side of things, the the Republicans don't want her replaced because they're like, oh, we want a doddering old fool that we can make fun of and who's not going to like, be a, a forceful presence in, in the Senate. You know, Un Unlike someone right. like Adam Schiff or Katie Porter or any of the others who are vying for that role who are all dynamic, energetic, and, and great orders. Like, I, I think that Adam Schiff is a great... I, I like him. I like Katie Porter. I think they're great. So, um, yeah. So... On the opposite side of things, there's a teenager, a 19-year-old in uh, in Culver City, which is just down the road from you. Uh, it's where my son went to high school. I'm sorry. It's where my son went to high school. Um, in Culver City. Okay, and uh, his name is Tristan Esadore, and he's 19. He's on. Not my son. The kid. The kid who's on the school board. Right. Right. Yeah. But coincidentally, your name, your your son's name is. Tristan Isidore, but anyhow, it's different, different, different one, different Tristan different, Isidore. Different guy. Uh, so he you can was tell because of the Klingon marks on my son's forehead. Yes, uh, I thought they were Ferengi. Oh, shoot, I, I, I got a, I got a, got a bone up. So yeah. <laughs> he, he, um, he was elected to the uh, the school board. In Bajoran. What's Oops. that? I said Bajoran. I was just trying to I was just trying to think of the other ones. Oh, see, like Bajoran. all I know is beyond that I've got Borg and Vulcan and I'm I'm out, you know. Um all right. my my cousin sent me like a, a, a sticker today of um Captain Picard's I, I love him for this, but you know, Captain Picard's wine um, you know, Burgundy wine, because I guess that's something that Chateau Picardo. Yeah. Chateau Picard. Um, so he's a 19-year-old. He's he's part of the, the school district board. Uh, do you think that's an effective thing to have somebody who has not yet gone through the, the traditional full like educational run to be dictating educational policy for, uh, the, for our, the younger generations? I, I, that's a good question. I mean, I didn't really ever think of that. I figured he was elected. And um, I, I think what he's doing, uh, I think that w having somebody who's that young on the school board, if he was duly elected, is probably a good thing because he's representing the constituents who the school board is supposed to be um, he's taking been, care of. He's been there, done that. He's been there recently, so he, when he talks about, well, the school doesn't have this or they have that, it's like last year that it was like that, rather than you know, and um, and he so it makes sense to have at least one person on the school board who's who's that age. To me, I, I, and uh, but I guess he's getting people are insulting insulting him and making, uh, and I don't know if I, I I read I read a little bit of the article, and it like see it's sort of one of those things where I. I look at the article and um, there are these people making these nasty comments like he's probably out, you know, doing bong hits before they go 
to class right. or and, and he's he is a person of color um but he on the other hand he's in uh he's enrolled at usc as a sophomore so yeah well so but the thing is i don't know why the 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 um the article itself just said he's being abused and they just gave that information and and i have no idea and I, there probably isn't but I have no idea if there is any reason why people are angry about him. Like, was he irresponsible in some way? You know, uh, when he goes to meetings, was he ever late? I don't know, but I don't think so. So, so what? Um, I, I guess this gets into like, especially as as you and I get older, uh, we we face, and, and we're not like in we're not tenured professors like like it, not yet anyway yeah oh i'm sorry you're a professor but i'm not i will never be a, a professor but like i i think about ageism and you know like i deal with very young workers and and i'm one of the oldest people in my in my workplace and i think about like like oh am i expendable or you know am i out of touch and and how does that work in your view of things well before i before i answer that question i have to point out that when i was your age marty like last week no no when i was your age i never thought i'd be a professor either oh. and then like the next day i got oh. a, i got this job all right like, i, I, will, was I will let you know tomorrow what happens what call exactly so you never know you never fucking know uh yeah. how do i By feel the way, about they they wouldn't pay enough for for me to want to be a professor i don't think wow yeah wow yeah well okay yeah. well wait until you're living on the street and uh you're giving yeah, seriously uh blowjobs uh, for um second blowjob reference from john tonight just just i just talk about what's on my mind <laughs> is your is your birthday coming up john is that what it is no that's no no um I don't have any explanation. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way the male brain works as we examine the human psyche. <laughs> was that was, was that Cosby a psych professor? Uh, yeah, that was like that was if Cosby and um, yes. Yeah, that that was Cosby doing David Attenborough, Sir David Attenborough's like job. He's like, is Mr. David Attenborough not coming back? Because I can read the script. Booking. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so there was some question about age, and I forgot because I'm old. Uh, it is uh, the, um, it's funny because I feel like, Younger people dismiss the contributions of older people. And I remember very vividly when I was a younger person dismissing the contributions of older people. <laughs> I remember earlier, you, earlier in this podcast, you dismissing the contributions of a younger person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, people, the thing, and the thing is the world is changing so 
fucking fast. It really is just like, get out of the way. Give me that phone. Let me show you how to do it, Grandpa. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I don't have any grandkids yet. I want to learn how. You'll never learn how. Get the fuck out of there, you old man. Yeah, you know what I we gave my mother in law for her birthday this this uh, past weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Who told you? Who Sorry, told you? I just had another stroke. Damn it! Um, Sorry. No, a, a typewriter, and she really? she was so <laughs> excited. You've never seen an eighty four year old woman so excited. Oh, that's so sweet oh and wonderful. God. She was like, I made a mistake, and here I'm going to correct it. Chicky, 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 chicky. You know, and like, it, uh, she was so happy. And because, like, to her, uh, a word processor is just magic, and and she's a Luddite, you know. Yeah. She's a muggle. Um, so... Where are there jobs that you think should have an age limit, either upper limit or lower limit? Uh, you know, Congress, the House of Representatives is 25. Um, the Senate is, uh, and then the presidency is 35. 30. 30. I think the is 30. And then the presidency is 35. Um, uh, yeah, I know what the Senate, you know what the limit on the Senate is? You know what number it is? Yeah, that's right. It's 11. <laughs> But you know what? I've never heard about it on the Supreme Court. Here's okay. Let me pitch this show to you. It's uh, it's Scotus Doogie Doogie. <laughs> Doogie Hauser Scotus. Yes, yes. It's juice, juice box. Uh, Justice Juice Box uh, is what it's going to be called. So I can I just just so speaking of people who are ageless, right? There's a show called The West Wing, and and uh, Rob Lowe was on it, and he was in the, this this scene with the, at the very beginning of the show, and he looks exactly the way he looks now. On you know, this was 30 years ago. He's got a, not, he's got a Netflix show with his like 28 year old son. Yeah, nothing. He's the kid. It's it's, it's insane. And yeah. um, so he was uh he's sleeping with a, a woman who turned out to be a prostitute. Um, but that's not important. I hate it when important? that happens. Actually, I like it when that happens. But important is that is that he got a, a text and saying, uh, "POTUS needs you," and o she on said, "His BlackBerry, on his BlackBerry." And she said, "Who's POTUS?" And then he said, "The President of the United States." And that was when that 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 was the when the first time that that um, I mean it was yeah acronym was 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 became popular, and now we use it all the time. Uh, with POTUS and then with, but SCOTUS, which is Supreme Court of the United States, is not something that people should say. It is, it is, not, it does sounds, it sounds really close to a lot of other words. Doc, I think I got the SCOTUS. Yeah, you got, I got your SCOTUS caught in my POTUS. I mean, POTUS is terrible enough, but SCOTUS. I got is, your SCOTUS uh, right here. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, my, my SCOTUS got caught in my zipper. Uh, it was very painful, and then and then uh, Justice Thomas came along, and uh, anyway, Jesus, that guy. Yeah. What I can't. I he didn't do anything dirty. He just asked me for money. He wanted me to buy his mother's house. Mm, you got out better. Yeah. So, um, do you do you experience ageism at all? Uh, uh currently, uh, I. Do not, except that um, 
except with your son. Well, very young, very young women uh, don't aren't attracted to me, which I find. I don't think that's fair. I don't know if it's changed over the years, but anyway, go on. Oh, it hasn't changed, but I use that as an excuse now. <laughs> it is like it is weird. I was it's like, this, uh, it's pretty much the same as it always has been, I, except now I can say it's because I'm old, isn't it? Right, and they say, right. well, that's one of the reasons. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then they like. They, you think they're going to pull up a, a, a list of a, a, like a, a bulletin board and it's just a mirror and they shove it in front of you. And like, and this is the other reason. Ah, uh, oh, fair, fair, fair. Okay. Yeah, I, fair. I, Except I, I don't say fair, 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 because that's what the kids say. What do you say? I, say, I see what you're saying, young lady. <laughs> I say, I smell what you're cooking. Wait, that's... um. Isn't that the rock? Uh, yeah, yeah, was, but now he's not the rock. So oh, you got to keep up, Marty. I don't know. He's he's I. He and I are the same age. So that's so <laughs> sad. That is so sad. He looks is so really amazing. True? He's like is that true? How old is the rock? Hey Google. I no. He's. I think he's uh, fifty eleven. All right. Um, the uh, rock. The rock. What's his name? The rock. Oh, no, I, I'm older than him by four years. Never mind. Um, in four years, he's gonna look just like me. He's a four hard years, saggy and sad. <laughs> um, all right, so we can move on to happier things. Well, I mean, it's funny though. Like, I, I, I just remember always being in a job and always being the youngest person on the job. And at a certain point, I was the oldest person on the job, and it was just like the. Like that, like that. It was like it was like that. Yeah. All of a sudden, boom. What, like, wait a minute. John and I can't oh. even snap anymore because our fingers don't work that way. It's the rheumatoid. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so anyhow, um, but I, I actually am very happy that I'm, I'm working in a job where it is a diverse group of people and uh, of varying ages. So. Um. Yeah, I I did actually have to. There was a younger person who was made a dead Kennedys reference today in my work, and I was like, "Yeah, I saw them when I was fifteen. Did you really? I did. I was like the first concert I went to. Um, You're so much hipper than me. No, because then I, after that, I was just like, I don't want to go to concerts no more, Mama. Mama, please don't make me go to concerts. Cause like it was violent. I I got kicked in the head by Jello Biafra. Um, you you really got kicked in the head by I, Jello Biafra. I did get kicked in the head by Jello Biafra. Yeah. Oh my God, that is so cool. Uh, I know, but it didn't at the time. It was like really debilitating. Like, well, also because I fell and anyhow. Um, Hit you in the head. I would expect it to be debilitating. Oh, it, that was a love tap uh, compared to when I tried to stage dive and nobody cat caught me. <clears throat> oh, yeah, and just about rejection. No, it was just the pain of peeing blood for the next three weeks. But uh, so, anyhow, John, California, Uber Alice. Yeah, yeah. L young people, look it up. Uh, like Jello Biafra. The Dead Kennedys, they were one of the subversive groups of the 80s that that actually made music that was really just dynamic and, and 
captivating and also pointed and, you know, maybe not the most elegant, like, um, social satire, but it was there. Oh, no, they're great. They're fantastic. It's called punk rock. I mean, if you want to, like, listen to Marty's really long rambling, uh, it's called a punk rock band. There we go. Yeah. All right. Um, so, I'm sorry, what was that, John? Okay, John is playing a keyboard, but it's not hooked up to anything, so nobody can hear it. So it's like he's yeah. he's playing like... Uh, just like a, a dead piano. You have to plug it in, old man. Yeah, you know, everyone's a critic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? It's never sounded better, John. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Yeah. I, I, what? I don't think so, you meant that. So, John, you um, brought up auteur theory. Oh, yeah. You know, so the auteur theory, it's French for author. I, explain, the, it, explain it in a very long way so I can pee. Okay. <clears throat> This is going to take a really long time because Marty's very old, and it takes him a long, long time to pee. It just dribbles out really slowly. So it goes sort of like this: dribble, 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 and then he screams, and he goes dribble, 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 dribble. I just want to let you guys know um, what it's like, and I know he'll never hear this because he doesn't listen to the podcast. Um, so uh, the auteur theory, in case you really care, um, is the theory that was come up by the um, the editors of the Cahier de Cinema, which is a magazine that I think went, yeah, it meant notes on film. Um, and it was a French magazine in the 50s. And uh, Francois Truffaut and Jean-Luc Godard and André Bazin were some of the writers. And that's how they talked. And they, uh, they love movies, and they came up with this idea of who is the one artist who's in charge of a film. And they decided that the one artist who's in charge of the film is actually not the screenwriter or the producer, it's the director. And they based this theory on the work of directors whose work fit into their theory, you know, which is the way most people do things when, if they're not scientists. Um, so they looked at the work of John Ford and noticed that he made mostly Westerns. And they said, see, he's an auteur. They look at the work of uh, uh, Alfred Hitchcock and they say, look, all his movies look kind of the same. And they're like thrillers and they have the similar structure, even though they're written by different people. So he's an auteur. And they came up with other theories about that. So um, Marty's back. So uh, he's finished peeing. Um, and uh, how do you feel, Marty? I was telling the people how, how painful it is to pee when you're your age. Oh, he's still he's he can't he can't hear because it's still he's still in pain. <clears throat> um, so uh, just so the forever question, like maybe an ounce came out. No, um, there's something about the way you said ounce. It's so gross. It right. reminds me of your shingle story. So, um, so my question was, you know, if you look at the uh, um, nowadays, like. It seemed it's you know the idea that the director's in charge or the director's the biggest artist. I was wondering if we looked at like the best screenwriting Oscars from last year, and then um, and then we looked at like the best picture. I mean, I mean, do you think do you think that that's? It seems like the story is more important than the direction. It's in my in my mind, to to whether a movie is good. That's really what I'm saying. Okay. Like. But so, then, but then, if you look at the the ones that are 
that are nominated actually for writing, they're all written by their directors. So I guess, I guess there's no way of really saying, although, you know, like, like, uh, I don't know. I, I would say like, if I, I the, the thing that comes to mind is, is, uh, what's it called? Uh, network, right. Network was written by, um, Patty Chayefsky. Patty Chayefsky. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know who directed it. Do you know who directed it? Um, uh, not, uh, Sydney Lumet, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. So, so the thing about that is that's, I mean, I re remember the, the uh, writer more than the director. I remember the actor, uh, Peter, what's his name? Sydney Lumet directed it. Um, Finch. Peter Finch, um, was so good in it. That's what I remember. Yes. But, but see, that's, that's kind of alchemy that, that is, um, just the, the, the confluence of, of great things coming together. And, and that I think is something that the seventies feels like really magical. Uh, I think a lot of us uh, feel that way of, of our, our, um, era, you know? Well, you know, the funny thing is, is that the reason I, I just brought up Chinatown is something where, I mean, not Chinatown, but network is something where I remember the, uh, the writer and and I remember the screenplay and it's sort of better than the directing. But the funny thing is, is that the 70s is all about because of the auteur theory and because the, the studios didn't know what was going on because they were losing money all over the place and television come along and and all these cultural changes had happened and they were they didn't know what to do. And then the graduate made a bazillion dollars in 1967. So for like a decade, they just gave money to the directors. Um, so it's it's funny that I remember that particular example because that's a classic new Hollywood uh, movie, but it's it's really the 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 actor that I mean the the writer that I remember. But I was just sort of uh, thinking about like what do you? I, it feels like what makes a really good uh, movie is really the screen. That's the first and most important thing. And then I but I was just wondering about that, and then I'm like looking at the best screenplay awards, and um and they seem like they're all written by the director. Well, that that is the auteur theory, right? That yeah, it is the auteur theory, but it's not really. Well, the auteur theory was that because was it the actual job of director was that was the what and and the like Howard Hawks and John Ford and Hitchcock <clears throat> didn't write their own um, movies or or Frank Frank Capra, right? Or Frank Capra, right? And, I don't think and, maybe he did. You no, know, he had Robert Riskin was one of his uh, big contributors and and. Uh, the this I, this is an apocryphal story that I pulled out of my uh, pulled out of John's ass, um, uh, where he um, yes, and the noise was just really really disconcerting. But uh, like somebody asked him what the what the uh, Frank Capra what the Capra magic was, and he went on this big like long 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 you know riff about his his theory about directing. And then, uh, apocryphally, like uh, Robert Riskin gave him like a bound thing of like 120 pages and said, "Hey, put your capper magic on this." And it was just like tw 120 blank pages, you know. Nice. Yeah. So I, I think that the point being is that, like, you need a you need a great script to make a great movie. You can make a great movie out of a good script. You can make a decent movie out of a, out of a shitty script. Um, you, if you read, if I read as a reader, I spent many years as a, 
What, what's that noise? It's nothing. Sorry, I was playing the puppy. I was nothing. Well, oh no, I'm, I'm okay. Um, I spent many years uh, as a script reader, and and I'm looking at things from a very basic point of view. Like I don't look at it from a a visual point of view of like, oh, I see this amazing tracking shot. I I see this. Uh, this amazing performance. I'm looking at it from just words on a page, and yeah. it's a very safe way to evaluate a piece. Yeah. Uh, and if I read, if I read um, some of the greatest f films of all time, if I read, um, I don't love Citizen Kane, but if I read it, I would be like, I don't get. It. You know, but I see it and I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of get it. You know, I, I, I appreciate it for yeah. what it is. I think that might be the exception that proves the rule, though, because first of all, you and I both agree and we're kind of alone that it's not that great. Yeah, yeah, but it, but it's it, it's ambitious. It's bold. But then there are movies like um, that you read on the page that are just so good. Uh, something like um, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, just a a really good play and mm -hmm. it had it had been proven on on Broadway and all that but uh, there like a Tarantino movie reads great on the page yeah you, you read it for 180 pages and you're like fuck yeah I want to see every fucking word on the screen yeah and then you know it doesn't always work out great but sometimes it does and yeah. so I, I I don't I'm fine with the auteur theory. I love like Ari Ostry. I think he does great movies that are thoughtful and interesting. Um, but then you look at someone like Scorsese and he's got a vision and he still relies on writers. And well, I, I guess that. my, my, my question was, was more, um, it's not really like whether the auteur theory is valid or not. It's more like what's, it's and and is is the is the importance of writing is is in other words uh, to what you were saying to agree with what you were saying which I think is going to shock our, our our listeners I'm agreeing with what Marty's saying is that but you you have to start with a good script and a a, a bad director or a director can screw up a, a good script but a good director cannot take a bad script and make a good movie out of it wouldn't you say that's true? Well, if, if I read John Wick. I would be like, get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Never come back. But I've seen that movie like seven times, you know, and I love it each time. So I, I don't know if that's true. And I love I love to be surprised like that. I love to be like, you thought you knew something? Fuck you. Here's something awesome that you shat on. You know, that's great. That Nothing makes me happier than that. Well, don't you think? I mean, I haven't seen John Wick. It's, is it really um, good? It's fantastic. It's great. It's so good, both dramatically and visually and action-wise. Like you know, it's not amazing dramatically, but it's it's solid, and and you like get it, and you you get so involved in in like the characters, and um, you must have to care about. It must be sort of well written for you to care about the characters, even it, though it's all action. No. It it's it's well thought out, and I think at that at the end of the day, there are very few. E even if you look at Christopher Guest, who's like, "Oh, it's all improvised." They never thought anything out. Fuck yeah, they thought 
everything out. They got the best people to be in that. So it's like the more planning that you put into it, and it doesn't have to be writing, it doesn't have to be um, storyboarding, but you you thought about it and, and you've put yeah. effort into it and, and yeah. you put the best people there, it's going to be really good. There are very yeah. few things that you do half-assed, uh, even with a great script, even with a great director, that are that are good. No, that's true. Yeah. So I think well, some of the best things I've ever done, I I just pulled out of my ass. Um. Okay. So wait, you just said it was true, and now, um, yeah. No, I I think, but. I planned a lot, and then I pulled right. it out of my ass. Exactly. A lot of digestion involved, right? But also, uh, you know, there's there's improv that sometimes. Yeah, no, you know, exactly. And and I think what Christopher Guest did is he said, "I'm going to create the ideal situation for the best improv to come out." Yeah, and and so it came out of everyone's asses, but he made sure all the toilet seats were nice and warm and you know and and all, all like everyone was was just in their optimal position and then it it, it was great and, and like those are some of the greatest movies out there and then movement. some of the greatest movements movements the greatest the movements um out there uh, and i feel like yeah if you just turn on the camera and say like you know, this is how Judd Apatow does it. Like, just just riff. Then you're. That's not a, a thoughtful way to do it. Yeah, I I, I uh, as a student. Um, I haven't seen uh, Murder Mystery. Is that what it's called with the uh, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston, Aniston and, and um, yeah, Goofball, Goofball Central, Adam Sandler, um, Kennedy Award yeah. recipient. Yeah. So so. Uh, did he uh, win? Yeah. Okay. Um, so he, uh, I, I didn't see either one, but the second one, uh, the guy said it wasn't quite as funny. And I think, uh, and I haven't seen it. So let me just, since I haven't seen it, I don't know anything about it. No, no let's let me make just, a judgment. Let's all judge on I'm it. I'm going to make a judgment. And I'll say that they actually, they ha I think what they do with those movies is they have a script and then they, they do what, whatever's on the script, like one take. And then they, then they say, okay, let's, let's goof it up. And, and, try different things and sometimes a lot of times when, with funny people that works and sometimes it doesn't and i think that based on the review of uh, a 20 year old who i don't know um this movie that i haven't seen i think that's what happened <laughs> well yeah and and that's okay like because at a certain point you don't have control over how the audience reacts you you right. cannot you cannot you can you can't kubrick comedy like Kubrick was famous for shooting, uh, you know, dozens and dozens of takes for just a very simple scene. Mm -hmm. And and I don't think you can, um, at, at a certain point, you have to be like, yeah, it's fine. I'm telling the fucking story, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I, I put faith in the story. I put faith in uh, the things that I don't have control in. And and that's that's what I get. And I, I, I used to have this theory when I did a lot of improv, which was that there were two comedy was either improvised where basically the very first thing instantaneous, you just do it and then you let it go and then you move on to the next thing. So at this feeling of a uh, of, of very uh, fast and facile and in the moment kind of feeling. And then the, the 
And then there was a dip basically in between that and clowning, which is basically where you work the same moment for an entire, you know, for, for months. So you get every single moment of it. Correct. And, and I think a lot of stand-up comics actually, uh, I think that they, there's, there's ones who are incredibly meticulous about every single moment of their stand-up and the others that are, that are what you watch Chris rock. He is so fucking meticulous and it is so impressive and amazing like he where he steps on stage where he moves like how he paces his because if i told and and this is also steve steve martin thing you can't tell those jokes and have them have any impact Mm -hmm. but the way they do it a because they created it and it's their part of their persona but also they just have a deliberateness to them Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I think and I think that's actually most comics from from what I understand, they're honing stuff and they're doing it over and over and over again and taking out words and putting in pauses and and timing things very specifically. And then then, then there's people who are just riffing off the top of the head. And there's very few of those who can Robin do that. Robin Williams is a, a great example. Yeah, you know. Exactly. Robin Williams. Yeah. Uh, and who, look what happened to him. Man, why'd you gotta bring it down, man? Well, I thought we were having too much fun. That's that's John. No, but he was a, a, a an amazing guy and he did not have control over his instrument to the point where he could no longer watch other stand up comics because he was afraid that it would infect his own uh, He would steal it. He would steal it. Because he got he got yeah. accused of stealing stuff. Yeah. Because he did because that's just how his brain worked you know yeah and and i i don't have a huge problem with it um you know it's not ideal but like that's how the that's how comedy worked for years and years you know retelling jokes um so uh the original question was uh how writing versus directing um well, it really, what's, I was, what's I, the how mo- important more important. What's the more important thing to you? Well, I think, um, I think, I think that writing is more important. I think that writing. Uh, I mean, we're talking about, you know, like we were talking about the um, Andor the other day uh, on this podcast, like two weeks ago, and you know, you had all these sort of theories about why it was. Uh, better and the real it comes down to it's good writing it's well written yeah. and then it's well executed yeah and it's funny as a reader i read some really wonderful screenplays that i just thought were just so moving and but i'm i'm reading it on the page I can't. Some of these things are hard to visualize. Some of them were books. Some of them were screenplays. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it really is an example of why film is so interesting and amazing. Is because it there are so many things out of control of the creators. Because the writer is going to be like, "I'm the creator." The director is going to be like, "I'm the creator." The actors are going to be like. I'm the creator. 
the craft yeah. service person is going to be like, I gave them Gatorade, you know, but yeah, exactly. Um, and that's very important. Yeah. Very important. You got to stay hydrated while you do this. And stuff. Yeah. Um, but it is truly a, a collaborative effort and that's the wonderful magical things about it. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's like when, a bad soundtrack, and I, I think of Lady Hawk. You know, I hate that soundtrack so much, but I love the movie. Um, and please chime in it, it, when you, if you have a, a great movie that has a disparity um, that is so dramatic, where you're like, why did you fuck it up so bad? Uh, please yeah. let us know. Do you have an example? I'll let you think about that. Like, Lady Hawk was great because it was like, like uh, Dick Donner, uh, Richard Donner, yeah, me and Dickie, um, uh, we hang out. We hung out. Dick Donner. Yeah, Dickie Donner and I. That was his name when he was doing porn. Yeah, we we hung out at the spa together, and I would be like, Dickie, why'd you like put all that like weird guitar there when it's a, like a medieval like electric guitar when it's a, a medieval whatever. And he's like, I don't know, man. That's how we. Oh, you, you know, you know why why it was like that. They hired Vangelis, who had just done Chariots of Fire. Yeah, but that wasn't a an electric guitar, though. No, but they they hired Vangelis. He did a really shitty job. But he like they said this is really shitty, and Vangelis came in and said, and this is an Oscar. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And the crazy thing is, Vangelis can could not read music. So. It's not that crazy. Yeah, no, I guess a lot of people couldn't. I, I can't. You know Paul what? McCartney, I the biggest fucking musical genius of the last I century. And you know what? I can't read music either. Exactly. I mean, it's like peas in a pod. Yeah, me and Vangelis and Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Just yep. think it's of us all in the same sentence, okay? You're welcome, everybody. Uh, so, yeah. Paul it, McCartney, Marty, you, and Vangelis are all human beings. I did it. <laughs> Who can't read music? You didn't get to the nut. The nut. Oh, I, I wasn't. Uh, I'm sorry. I, did, I all I heard was complete sentence. Okay. I didn't realize it had to be anything else. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I think that there's a a wonderful synergy that happens, and synergy is such a bullshit word. Uh, but when it happens, you're like, oh, my God, this is like it, 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 it it's the greater than the sum of its parts. And, the, you know, like Goodfellas is a great example of that, you know. Yeah. Um, great actors, great cinematographer. I think Michael Ball, was he the cinematographer? I, I believe so, but I don't um, know. But, you know, just so much great stuff, great soundtrack, a lot of Rolling Stones. Um, and yeah. I love it. Love it. And then there, there are ones where you're like, oh, it could have been good. And you can be forgiving about like, oh, I wouldn't have picked that Rolling Stone song. But like, oh, but um, then you watch uh, 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 Rushmore and you're like, oh, that weird Texan dude who lives in Paris. What's his name? Weird Texan dude that lives in Paris? Yeah. Rushmore director. Oh, oh, I don't know. Oh, Wes. Wes Anderson. Anderson. Uh, yeah. So Wes Anderson, he picks like like this obscure like two thousand um, light years from home, like a wonderful song for Rushmore. 
whatever for Rushmore or uh, Bottle Rocket. But you know, just a great song choice, great actors, great script, and it just all works together in conjunction. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work every time for him because there are times when that the same uh, the, the part of the equation just switches a little bit, you know. Um, say like you, um, no, you asked you asked if uh, there were things that I thought really didn't work. Yeah, and and the I this is this was sort of on my mind before, but it really always comes to mind as something that just doesn't make any sense. And it's a casting choice, and it's funny because it's a it's Michelle Pfeiffer as well, um, who is in Lady Hawk. Um, it's uh it's Frankie and Johnny, which is based on I think Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune. Yeah, which which was written by um, uh, John Michael Shanley, I think, who wrote some other stuff that Joe really versus a volcano. Real, a lot of things that should no, nobody should ever read again. But um, but Frankie and Johnny ha- stars Al Pacino, and, and he's he's about sixty at the time, and he's a short order cook, and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer plays this waitress, and she's about thirty eight, maybe. But she looks like she is timeless beauty, as she it still does. And um, it, it, Terrence McNally, by the way, is, is the playwright. Oh yes. Oh okay. Well, um, so um, it doesn't change your yeah. Originally, it was played by Kathy Bates. That was the original. Yeah. Who is like who you would imagine working in a diner? Yeah. Well, it's it's not only it's not just hard to I mean, just imagining her working at a diner. But the entire point is that she feels unlovable and she feels unattractive and she gets and this this short order cook who's played by Al Pacino, who could who could, you know, dress cleans up. okay, but he's playing he's playing a loser of a short order cook. And, yeah. and it's just the whole movie. You're just like, what the fuck is going on here? This is insane. Exactly. Exactly. And and it, how much, but the thing is, from a, a film executive's point of view, and I'm sure that was made by Sony or whatever, so one of the big studios, they're like, uh, you know, Kathy Bates, she might have originated it, but she doesn't, like, I'm. we did the numbers and she's no, uh, she's no Michelle Pfeiffer. Well, well, I, it's funny because I'm sure it would have been a better movie and made but, probably just as much money. But the yeah. point is, is, it's not even just that it's like it's like Michelle Pfeiffer is a movie star um, and Kathy Bates maybe at that point wasn't a movie star, even though she's more she's got more charisma. Yeah, than She wasn't movie. a leading lady the way right. that Michelle Pfeiffer but, but she's, was. She's the Olivia, Olivia Coleman. Michelle Pfeiffer of was in Greece too. May yeah. I remind you? But the my point is that is really that Michelle Pfeiffer is a good actor, but she's also one of the most gorgeous human beings to ever walk the planet. Stunning. Like she is just ridiculously pretty. And to have her even playing the possibility of her playing a waitress in New York and not being like, you know, taken and becoming a model uh, that that night is it, even just that. It's just, it, it was just crazy. So it, I just that's that's what came to mind is something that just didn't work. It was the the casting. Uh, um, yeah. The other thing, yeah, the, the other, you know, another movie that worked that didn't work that really it was really funny because, um, and I say this to my students that uh, 
Who's the guy who made uh, La La Land? Uh, what's his name? Damien Chazelle. No, uh, no. Damien Chazelle. Yeah, whatever. Chappaquiddick. Damien. Um, so he made he made two movies that that did the did the impossible. One movie was Whiplash, Chazelle. where he made Chazelle. He made Whiplash, which is brilliant, and he made Whiplash. And he made a, a a jazz drum solo, emotionally engaging and interesting. Which Not is, if you're a drummer, man. He didn't get it at all. There, I've seen, you know, if you go to high school and there's a jazz band, or at least in my school, you saw enough drum solos to last you a lifetime. They yeah. all no. suck. My, my point is that, like, like every people on the internet are like, you think that's good? You should hear my drum solo. Mm. You know, really? Well, it doesn't matter uh, what they think. It was it worked in the story, and it was amazing that it worked in the story because jazz drum solos really should be. I mean, they literally should be illegal. They really should be, and and most drum solos, but especially jazz drum solos. And then he did the the second most impossible thing, where he working with the Ryan Gosling together, they they made going to the moon for the very first time seem like the most boring thing that anyone has ever done in Which the history. Is why of the world. I didn't watch it? I tried to watch it. And I just stopped. Yeah, it was, and I think it was accurate. Apparently, like Neil Armstrong, apparently is one of the most boring people on the planet. Oh, yeah. Just watch the right stuff. How can you beat the right stuff? The right stuff is a three and a half hour movie, which is one of the greatest movies in American history. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, you might not like like it, but I love that movie. Oh, I I I think it's great. I've only seen it once, but oh, I Sam I, Sam I, Shepard. Yeah, I, it, it, it it to me. I just I think that movie's great, um, but you know, no Asian people. I'm okay with that. I'm okay. They didn't, with they didn't that. have Asian people back then. Yeah, yeah. It's not like my father served in the military. My grandfather served in the military at the same time as him, um, John Glenn. But never mind. Um, never mind. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, John, have you ever? written anything that somebody has directed and felt that you were slighted? Because uh, <laughs> you've directed many things that have slighted many, many, many writers. Me? No. I haven't. I, I've written a lot of uh, short films that um, uh, I can't think of anything in particular, but I, I can tell you that we just we just this past summer, which is like almost a year ago now, we made we shot a short film that I wrote, and um, we had we've had this weird thing where it started out it was shot very badly. The um, uh, honestly, the director, who I don't think will listen to this, um, didn't know what he was doing, and he didn't know what he was doing to a degree where I didn't realize he didn't even know that he didn't know what he was doing. Like he didn't realize that his job was to visually tell the story and have his an idea. His name is Steven Kruger. No, 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 his no. name is Steven Kruger, and he does not listen to this. Okay. So the uh, he had no idea that he didn't know, he had have no idea. He just 
came up with a shot list with with the cinematographer who also really didn't know. And the thing is, I actually directed a feature film 25 years ago where I didn't really know that. Right. So I, I understand that you can't know that. But now I know that. So he just sort of picked some shots so he could you know, have coverage, but he didn't have any idea of a visual way of telling a story. And it was, it's a horror comedy. So there's all sorts of opportunities. So we shot it and, and we took too long with some stuff and we all just barely shot everything we needed. And we put it all together and it was awful. And then we'd been working on it, massaging it, doing the timing, putting in little stuff. And now after all this time, it's actually pretty good. It's not great. I wrote a stupid, you know, little skit, um, and uh, but we cut out some of the stuff that didn't work and kept in the stuff that does work, and so it's actually going to be not embarrassing. So I say that's a win. <laughs> um, okay, I don't know if I answered your question, uh, no. but I, I've had my I've had my scripts turned into movies during uh, when we did instant films. I've done it, I guess, probably about twenty times. And I, I don't remember any uh, particular time. I'm, I'm sure there were plenty of times when people totally screwed it up, but I can't remember them. No, it, my question was when you directed something, did the writers get mad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. See, that, that, that is such a funny thing because, you know, writers, they write a screenplay and, and, by writers, I mean that John and myself as well. You know, we've written screenplays that other people have directed, and we're like, you fucking didn't get it! Oh my god! Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I just remember that there was one I did for Instant Films. This is a a seventy-two hour film festival that John produced many, 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 many times. So much fun, and uh, you you pick. Um, words out of a hat to to uh and the number of people that are in your cast and then the writers have to create something based on that and i just remember this guy wrote this something you know it's like a seven page thing whatever um and it was just like so silly Mm -hmm. and it was like a sister killing another her sister and i was like well how can i not do this but do it campily you know mm-hmm. and so you know i i'm not the best director in the world i did it it got a laugh where i thought it got laughs and mm-hmm. when it should get laughs and the director was just like i mean the the writer was just furious not fear furious but he was just like fucking didn't get it. and he just like walked past me like he wouldn't talk to me about it you know but i i it was word for word what he wrote like i didn't yeah. like there, there have been some people who just rewrote the screenplays that they got from the ground up, right, John? Yeah, yeah, yeah a couple people. Yeah. I, I tell them not to do that because it's always a disaster. And the reason is, is that the the actors are reading the script the same time the directors are. That's a it's you cannot then change everything with and the the, the actors are like, wait the fuck, what are you doing? Yeah, so anyway. I remember there was one uh, uh, directing group or whatever they the filmmaking group they they had access to a, a a subway and so they just rewrote whatever they got to fit in the subway and it didn't work at yep. all you know no nope. um and so like I, like 
as somebody who's been on the other side of that, I wanted to be really honorable to it, but at the same time, like, you know, recognize the moments of comedy that are in the script that the writer might not have intended, but they're there. Mm -hmm. And and he just like, he was just so mad about it. And anyhow, and and it's fair. I I can't, I I don't fault him for that. Like, but I, I don't know what to do. For the most part, people had a good time, but every once in a while, we had someone who had, you know, was really mad about something that they they wrote and it didn't work out very well. I was pretty much always amazed that people did anything with my stuff. Yeah, no, me too, me too. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I directed a play once. Uh, it was the first thing I directed out of college uh, in in Seattle, and uh, it was a we did this really big um, soap opera. Um, and we actually ended up doing four episodes. It was um, a soap opera parody. And there was this one guy who wanted to play the uh, local uh, drama uh, teacher. He was um, wanted to be this flamboyant gay guy. And there was and and so I cast him as the hero because he had this sort of um, I thought I thought it worked out a lot better because he he was better playing against type in my mind. But the people who wrote it wrote it for him and man they were mad at me everybody was mad at me everybody thought and then the other thing i did was um you know it's a, it was a christmas thing and i just put in the i quoted the the peanuts um story where linus comes up and said this is what christmas is all about and i just put it in there and people you know people are so anti-religion that they were like freaked out that somebody put actually what the meaning of christmas is in this christmas play this is bullshit which really, you know, think I think is stupid. Yes. Especially since I wasn't like I was quoting a fucking Peanuts Christmas special. <laughs> but we can't like... you can't take this stuff like personally. It's it's like once you write it, you that that's all you get to do. And you, yeah. you just get to walk away and be like, you know, I, I did my job. Yeah. And if people decide to do something with the the shit that you wrote you should feel really privileged and and especially if you get I paid i don't know I, I think you, be, you can be mad and butthurt about anything you want i don't think you, you know you should be feel honest sometimes people people do terrible shit to things that you make and and especially if it's a movie it's like oh i made this really great uh, script and somebody comes along and fucks it up you like, know, this will never get made. Then, then write another one. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that's the you wonderful better, thing Marty. about being creative. But I just, yes, you can be creative, but I just don't think it is a, it is a good emotion to 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 cling to. Like, I, I just remember, like, you know, people would be like, "Oh, will you read my screenplay?" And I would read it and give them notes, and then be like, "Oh, can you can you read it again?" I'm like, "Okay, uh, well, same problems. You didn't." address any of the notes I gave you. So why did you bother giving it back to me? And then they give it to me again. And then I'm like, just write something else. Because if like, if you're not getting this made, then go on to the next thing. Like ideas yeah. are cheap. And, and so just like, think Some about, people already like you ideas because you can come up with ideas. I can't, I can't, but I don't get, I don't get hung up on them. Like I just like, Look, they're just things to think about. Like, I'm actually not a wealth of ideas. Like, if you've listened to this stupid podcast, it's just me and John just like yelling at each other, you know, and and like whatever me 
I think there's a lot more going on that people don't understand. Yeah, yeah. it's like who's more liberal? Who's stuff. more liberal? Who's more? Who's more discerning about the world? You know, it's like I don't think anybody wonders about the answer to that question. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. So just move on, move on, and go to the next thing. So like, who gives a shit about the world? Like, just like, but again, uh, I I think that what. If you're an, that's why auteur theory is a big thing because then you know uh, Orson Welles can't get butt hurt at the script he wrote or the performance he got from himself. You know, right. fuck you, Orson Welles. Just have some more, have some more Palmasan wine. Ugh. I don't think he was bitter about the the. I don't. He was bitter I mean, about a lot of shit. Are you kidding? Yeah. I'm sure, but I don't think he was bitter about his own. <laughs> his own you know, movies. maybe he should have taken a moment to like step. Maybe back. he should have been bitter. Yes, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. right. And be like, "Hey, you know what? Filmmaking is a collaborative effort, and maybe I can pass the reins um, to to uh, as an actor of a, a a newspaper magnet. Maybe as a 24 year old, I'm not the right person to play this role. You know." As a dying newspaper magnet, you know. Because I don't think. That. What did you? Th what is your problem with uh, Citizen Kane? It's just boring. It's, yeah. Okay. It's, why is? But why do you think it's boring? Because there's like you don't get to see people. It's just like mouths talking and like shit falling around and like headlines like sweeping in. Like just tell a fucking story. Have have like an actual emotion emotional connection between people. Like yeah. watch watch a Korean like soap opera and be like oh okay that that gets me involved like people are like actually you no know, you can't understand the language you can you can understand that there's people interacting with yes. each other yeah and you start to care about them exactly yeah. exactly yeah, no, Citizen Kane has absolutely nobody None you care about that. you know what? and if you do care about them they they disappear from the story yeah and you're just following this asshole and it's and just a puzzle at the end of the day like oh, it's not even a very interesting puzzle no not at all oh cares. my god and people talk about that movie like oh, it's good by the way if you haven't seen it Rosebud is a sled are yeah, you I fucking kidding me episode of fucking uh, Happy Days is Wait, say it's that? like the, the third episode and they kind of go out to the movies and Ralph Mouse says, what is a sled? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then they say, and then he says, he says, yeah, Tony Perkins is his own mother. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's like, that's like uh, kids in the hall where they, they had the um, hecubus, you know, and he's like, Oh, the wife in presumed innocent killed the whatever Greta Sachi. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I whatever. Like, just if, if you have a good spoiler, if if there's a spoiler, if you watched, um, if you know that the, the crying game has like the the protagonist is uh, or the the love interest is trans, that's not the that's not the meat of, of the story. It, it's a part of the the plot, but the story is really think, good. I think it's no, that's a that's a pretty pretty big part of that movie. But it, it's about the um, the strength of a relationship, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, it still works, yeah. but it really works. It really works a lot 
the mo- when yeah. you first go, whoa, whoa, that guy's got a dick. Yeah, but um, it does not spoil the 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 story. The um, the goal of the story does not hinge upon you like accepting no, that. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. As opposed to the entire purpose of a two hour movie is to find out that Rosebud is a sled. Fuck that. And just like who the fuck cares? Who the fuck cares? Exactly. Because you don't care about the guy by the end. You're really thoroughly convinced that you do not care. Yeah. You didn't know if you cared okay. at the beginning. Now you know you do not give a flying fuck. All right, John. Um, what I want to give you as we wrap this up. This has been super fun. We got uh, we had um, a fun, exciting start, a dynamic start, and uh, we got to a good place. I want you to spoil a movie for everybody out there. All right, and you can take some time. Any movie? No, yeah, just a a, mo- a famous movie. Um, that that is out there like that you can spoil for everybody like that one of those movies that everybody should have seen because the point being is like a good movie is a good movie even if you know what the plot is right mm-hmm. so spoil a movie that you think everybody should have seen by now uh in the sixth sense yeah um tony collette has a giant what? dick what the hell is the guy's name? Tony Collette. His name is Tony. Tony His name is Tony. Last no. name Collette. No. No, yeah, no I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Bruce Willis is dead in The Sixth Sense. And the kid can see him because he can see ghosts. And he's dead the entire time. Okay. That ruins the movie for you. Uh, I will another M-, M M Night Shyamalan movie. The Woman in Water is it bad? <laughs> I don't think you're spoiling anything, John. John, you're just telling everything everybody already intuits. Okay, so try again. Uh, oh, okay. Here's another night M Night Shyamalan movie. Signs is also bad. Oh, you know what? In Tootsie, in Tootsie, yeah, okay. Dustin Hoffman is a guy. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. I just saved you two hours of a fantastic movie <laughs> directed by Sidney Pollack. And um, there's another one in Mrs. Doubtfire. The movie <laughs> is back. <laughs> right. Oh my god. Um. I was looking at our at our mailbox, our mail sack, and it it is surprisingly Classic. empty and stone is empty. Yeah, um, and and who can like how how we did an amazing job doing some wonderful wonderful comedy tonight. Yeah, super yes. great. Hey, can I? Do you remember Mrs. Deathfire? Isn't Sally Fields his his? wife and she doesn't yeah. know him she yeah. doesn't know him when he's no. in drag no jesus that's stupid <laughs> i love sally fields she she like she and- i like her i really like her <laughs> john look at you oh john 
John doing the most subtle John joke that John has ever made. Oh. oh. <laughs> Look it up, people. Listen, I'm making jokes all the time. You just don't get them. Like almost everything I say is a joke. Oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. See, like just now. That was, see, that was really fucking hilarious. In like 30 years, they're going to study what I just said. Um, okay. So, John, what do you, you got going on that you want to tell people about? It doesn't have to be... Oh. But I got, just 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 get people excited about something in the world. Uh, well, I'm gonna show everything everywhere all at once next week for my class, so I have to redo my class. So I'm excited about that. Why is that movie relevant to um, anybody else? To no, it's to not. your to your class. Oh, why is it relevant? It's it's representative. Uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think one of the. It's not the first, but it's a uh, a. Um, uh, a uh, all Asian, pretty much all Asian cast, um, and Michelle Yao got an Oscar, and um, some other people did, and and it's um, it's hilarious, and it's uh, what I'm hearing you say is that you have a lot of Asian people in your class, and you're trying to appease them. A pa pander is the word. Pa pander, pander, pander to pander. them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's well. There are a lot of Asian people in my class, and you're trying to pander to them. Well, I don't really care what they think. They, why don't you show them the right stuff? Then? <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll give you one reason. Because it's three hours and eight minutes long. And my class is two hours and 45 it's minutes long. It's such a good movie. Such a good movie. And there's no Asian people. I'm very sensitive to that. Oh, are you? In, yeah, okay. very sensitive. I'm right. a very sensitive guy. All right. Right. Because I, I, because, and you know why? Because I know that the Chinese are going to be running the world. Don't and, care to know why, because I'm going to own you in like two weeks, so I don't give a shit. The Chinese, Chinese, not the Chinese Americans. You guys, damn it, damn it! <laughs> I'm just a puppet. <laughs> All right, everybody. Like, thank you guys for joining us. Like, I, I cannot be more happy that anybody listens to this for as long as we've been doing this it's it's been really really fun we'll keep doing this as long as you'll have us um as long as john doesn't get pissed off at me for asking him questions um and 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 look at and, and yes yes as long as whatever we'll we'll figure it all out uh so please email us he doesn't get mad at me for answering his questions that's the problem. Podcast at gmail.com. Send us really incendiary questions that you know are going to make us like get at each other's throats. Yeah, that'd be good. Uh, yeah, because, you know, we're so diametrically opposed on every issue. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's kind yeah. of shooting fish you know in a barrel. The, the, real, the real difference is that uh, Marty is an ignorant slut. And second of all, that I'm right and he's wrong. And we will see you next Tuesday. If that box, 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 if that box. Bop, 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 bop,
This has been a Smodco Internet Production. Sip only at Smodcast.com. <laughs>